This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Partners, I can offer no warranty for tomorrow. But Today is a happy, happy, and proud day, is it not? Excelsior. Welcome to Iowa, because you might as well be there, and you'll feel much more so when our own Doc and Skip call us live from Iowa. That will happen today on the show. But before anything else happens on our show today, and our show is the Jaily News, here on the Blaze Radio Network. Our staff is in, despite... All their hard work here on caucus day. Good thing caucus has a technical meaning because otherwise it almost sounds like a disorder. Like of the skin, like cooties. Well, Doc says I got cooties, got caucus. got uh... Anyway, it's caucus day. And our number, ours, yours and mine, is one 3393 if you use it for no other reason, if you if you didn't have until this moment a reason, I'll give you one. My penultimate picks for the Iowa caucuses. I reserve the right to change them, which is why I'm tagging them as penultimate, until 759 p.m. Eastern Time, which is a minute before the caucuses start in Iowa. They start at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern. So that way there's no question about anything because by law and by practice, media does not report exit polls or entry polls, I'm pretty sure, 
And it's been four years, you know, but I'm pretty sure that because, you know, the the most meaningful. Well, I won't get into that right now. <clears throat> Sorry. It's going to be very hard for me to focus today. <laughs> um, they do a lot of entry polling for the caucuses. It's not that they don't do exit polling. They do. But they do a lot of entry polling. So it is conceivable that someone could charge someone else with, you know, cheating, such as it were, as it were, if if you waited later than 7.59 Eastern to issue, issue your final picks. So reserving the right to, until then, confirm or rearrange my ultimate picks. That's a reason to call today. one 888 to give me, to give us, yours. I want to know your picks. I'm writing them down. I know mine are written down. Mine are in tweets. So yours are in tweets or I'm going to write them down. <clears throat> Most of you are regular callers. I'm writing this stuff down. I'm taking names. But before I issue you, I've already done it via Twitter. But before I issue you here, orally, my penultimate picks, just again want to say this is a happy and proud day. <clears throat> I have been on radio and or television or otherwise in the communications business, but let's say I, I've been in national radio and television and, and or television uh, since, I don't know how you want to count that, but if we do it technically, like when I started being on to offer comments and all of that, since 1980, it's a long time. Uh, and I'm just very proud. This is a very American day. This is the beginning of another peaceful transfer of power in the most powerful land God ever made. This is the beginning of a process of yet another totally peaceful transition from one administration of, of the country, from the hands of one group into another, with the keen possibility, and if there's really a God, the ultimate transaction being the shift from communism back to constitutionalism. In any case, the notion here is yet another peaceful transfer of power in the United States of America, the world's oldest democracy, under our Constitution. We do have a national religion. We always have. I've always believed that. Don't let anyone tell you differently. We have a national religion. It's called the Constitution of the United States of America. And it's responsible for a day 
like this together. It's responsible for a series of days like this. This particular one is quadrennial. But we have other ones all the time. From school board to dog catcher to governor to everything else. And they're all peaceful, legal transitions of government without any of the banana republic stuff that you know Obama would prefer. I just had to stick that in there. It's a proud and happy day. I thank you for this job every day. And you know I do. You hear me say it. But I thank you most especially for this job on this day. And the others very much like this that are lining up, stacked up, waiting to take off or land, as it may be, at the airport. Man, the roller coaster ride, you know where we are right now? You remember everything we've thought about, all these thoughtful considerations, all this calculus, all this investment of emotion and thought, time, sweat, blood, and tears. And you know where we are right now? We're on the greatest roller coaster ride known to man. And where we are, particularly on that ride, is where it cranks up, 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 cranks up, up, another crank up. And you know at any second, the bottom is going to drop out. And your eyeballs are going to get sucked back in your head and your hair is going to go straight back and your nose is going to be pointed at the ground That's where we are. We're right at the moment of the tipping point of this quadrennial roller coaster ride. And with the grace of God and the Constitution of the United States of America, everybody's going to be scared and nobody's going to get hurt. This is Jay Severin Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now.
The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It is Caucus Day on the Blaze Radio Network. What a coincidence. one 888 I'll give you my penultimate picks in a moment. I want yours. Now, I have one other thing to share with you before I give you my penultimate picks. Because I don't want there to be any misunderstanding about this. And I have said this before. I have tweeted it previously. But I have a feeling, especially with some of you with whom I correspond more frequently than perhaps others, by virtue of your calling more frequently, or those of you with whom I correspond more frequently than perhaps others of us uh, via Twitter. I just want this to be, I want to make sure I've, I've done my part to make this emphatically clear. And if there's been any confusion, it's probably my fault for having having taken too much poetic license or having been less emphatic about it uh, less often than I needed to be. Because every day I express an opinion, but I don't every day go back and say this. But I wish to reiterate, it is important to me for the record, you understand, I'm not saying this for the first time, I'm saying this for the I don't know how many of the time, But I've been saying it since I could vote. I've been saying it since the day I came here to the Blaze Radio Network. And I've said it with particularity to this campaign since. I have been, since the names came up, since the day he announced, I have been for Ted Cruz. And... You know, I'm lucky. You know, I'm I'm very unlucky and very lucky. If I get in trouble, I'm very unlucky because it's on tape. If I'm right, I'm very lucky because it's on tape. So, those of you who are with me, trust me, and you don't need the tape. Those of you who don't trust me, I've got it on tape. I've been for Ted Cruz for a dog's age, which, by the way, ain't nearly long enough. A dog's age. I don't get it. I don't know why they don't live longer. I mean, I love sea tortoises, but how come they get to live 140? There are breeds of them that live 140 years. Now, I wouldn't want my doggies to live 140 years unless there was a guaranteed legacy. I mean, unless I knew they would be with my children and then with my grandchildren, I wouldn't want them to live without me. I just, not selfishly, I just mean so I knew they would be well cared for. But God, if you could see fit to bump up the life of a dog, you know, reasonably to like that of a horse, maybe. I know there's a lot of us who would appreciate it. In any case, I've been for Ted Cruz for a long time. You either know that or you trust me on it. And if you don't, as I say, I'll uh, I'll get I'll get you the uh, the proof. But. And because I've criticized other candidates, I hope in a generally constructive way, that doesn't mean always positive way, but sometimes even by mocking someone or strongly criticizing them, I'm I'm just trying to get the best out of them 
and out of myself and out of us. Enough uh, preface. I will vote for the Republican nominee. I will, that has never varied. That will never change. I will vote for the Republican nominee. Now, I worked for Pat Buchanan. So, I mean, I mean, there are, there are times I've gone against the Republican Party, and I'm proud of that. So, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in this race, I, I, as I have stated without exception, and many times, I will vote for the nominee of the party, even though the party doesn't mean anything to me. What I'm really saying is, I know my objective. As I said when I went off on a rant a couple weeks ago about this, I know my objective. Your objective always ought to be reducible to a bumper sticker. If you can't say it on a bumper sticker, you need to rethink it. And then, I don't mean change your mind, I just mean rethink it, take out that editor's pencil, and get it down to where you could say it on a bumper sticker. My objective, in a partisan way, has always been, a partisan way, as a voter, not as a broadcaster. As a broadcaster, I've told you who I prefer, and I hope it's never affected my work. But, nor nor ever does. But my objective is reducible to a bumper sticker. Beat Clinton. I'm not known for short sentences or truncated sentiment, but there's my strategic objective. Maybe prevent Clinton would be a more precise two-word expression here. My duty, I see my duty as an American to prevent one day more of the train wreckage of socialism, of Obamunism, that that un-American creep has brought to this, our dear country. We can't stand one more day of Obamunism. And it doesn't matter in whose name the damage would continue to be done. It doesn't matter if it's Martin O'Malley. It doesn't matter if it's Boiny, you bested, toity toity toity, It doesn't matter if it's Tubby. It doesn't matter if Tubby is indicted and the Democrats, please God, go into a tailspin and start nominating everyone with a pulse. Joe Biden, John Kerry, Elizabeth Warren, the garbage man, uh, the guy who does your taxes. Uh, Now, that would be poetic justice. Anyway, I don't care who it is. The Democrat Party of 2016, this has been true for 
50 years, and it's not going to turn around overnight. I'll be long dead before I have to worry about retracting this statement. The Democrat Party in this country is never in my lifetime, unlikely in yours, if you don't mind my bringing up the sensitive matter of your mortality along with my own, the Democrat Party is not going is not going to nominate or embrace or vote for someone who is not an Obamunist, someone who's not a socialist to one degree or another. Therefore, my duty as an American citizen is to try whenever it's necessary to stop Democrats. I don't care what their surname is. If you're a Democrat and you're running for president, you are for the continued ruination of this country. You are for higher taxes, bigger government, racialism, etc., etc., etc. And my job is to stop you. So I don't care what the Democrat's name is. My job is to make sure that no Democrat gets elected. Thus, prevent Clinton. Thus, I make my choices. I have my preferences on the other side. But whomever wins the Republican nomination will get my vote and support. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. And you, my partners, who from whom I hope I shall soon be hearing at one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. What a great day! What a great night! Well, what a great day this is. I hope it's going to be a great night. The caucuses begin at seven o'clock Central Time, eight o'clock Eastern, etc. We may know from exit poll entry and exit polling, which I believe the media are allowed to report from the moment the caucuses open, unless they are bound by the same rule for voting, which is they cannot disseminate any entry or exit polling until the caucuses close. The reason I think that's not the case is that some caucuses run several hours. Some caucuses will run until, you know, well after midnight. And, pardon me, I don't think the networks are, you know, going to wait that long. Anyway, my penultimate picks for Iowa. And this is, this is the, the toughest Iowa pick for me. Uh, just one one moment of brag. The Washington Post for several years had a running series, which I don't I don't think they've done now in several years. And it was like, you know, the prognosticators. And based on several years of 
predicting. They approached, of good predicting, they approached people and asked them to form a panel that they would go to and then keep coming back to, to ask for their predictions on major races every two years and every four years. I was a member of that panel. The achievement was being asked to join. The other achievement was staying by virtue of being right most of the time. This one is tough. I'm prepared to explain in gruesome detail my choices, if you wish. Uh, not really gruesome, I hope. It's all, it's all very interesting stuff. If you're listening now, you find it interesting stuff. My penultimate picks are as follows. Number one tonight in Iowa, Ted Cruz. Number two, Donald Trump. Number three, Marco Rubio. Number four, I'm just doing an optional fourth, Ben Carson. I put an asterisk next to all of them, really. The asterisk for Cruz and Trump is the same. Well, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'll get to them in a minute. I'll go backward. Uh, Carson, as I have been saying for weeks, the big story tonight won't necessarily be technically the top story. Who comes in number one tonight will be story number one. If it's anybody, I mean, you're right. Whoever wins, wins, and that's going to that's going to be a big deal. But the one thing that has been consistent in Iowa is that there has always been a surprise, a golden ticket, like in Willy Wonka. Somebody opens their candy bar tonight and gets a golden ticket. Or maybe it's more like a bronze ticket at this stage but of the campaign. But someone, someone gets a golden ticket tonight. Someone gets... They open a package, oh, a present for me, and they open it, and it's paddles, you know, to resuscitate your political heartbeat. Clear? Okay, somebody gets a pair of paddles tonight. And it's thus is it ever. Somebody finishes fourth or higher that everyone else had forgotten about. Only the people who caucus in Iowa didn't forget about them. And I believe that person is going to be Dr. Carson. That's why I pick him for fourth. The top three are extremely tough. Again, I picked it Cruz, Trump, Rubio. Rubio. If Rubio finishes third, it's going to be a fairly big story. Rubio will be very happy with a third-place finish. I happen to know that the the Rubio people are covetive of and and secretly expecting a higher finish than third. But you're not going to get them to say that because this is all about lowering expectations, right? That's all. It's it's so it's such a cheap and predictable game. <laughs> And I've been part of it for so long. I mean, when I was you know dealing with the media, uh, with with for my candidates, you know, for my clients, 
you never, ever estimate up. You always estimate down. You always say that for one reason or another, this is not your strongest state, but you'd be you'd be happy with a fifth place finish because and then fill in your rationale here. Well, because that would put us in that would actually make a second among left handed candidates who once played semi pro baseball and uh, who were born in New Mexico. You know, so everyone has a rationale for everything. But you never say, you know, I really think we've got a shot at first. I mean, that's that that person should be fired and institutionalized for uttering those words. That's that's malpractice on its face right there. Okay, Rubio. If he finishes third, which is where I'm uh, at this moment placing him, he will get very good press out of that. He will go into New Hampshire with. Uh, Mark Omentum, he will be able to claim a victory because all of these victories are relative victories, are they not? Relative to where you were thought to be finishing, relative to where you finished, relative to your expectations, relative to your announced expectations, etc., etc. A third place finish for Rubio would be regarded as fine. It would be respectable. He'd be very much in the race, and, and, and he would be secretly disappointed that lightning didn't strike. But again, you're never going to get him to say that. And you, you're going to get some commentators who will probably say, you know, the smarter commentators, uh, you know, on, on Fox may say, you know what? You know, he, he secretly wished, hoped, you know, he would he just that he maybe had a shot. But see, it gets pretty crowded up there. At that altitude, right? Who's he going to replace? Cruz? Trump? I mean... So, Rubio, I'm picking as of this moment, and again, I will or will not change my picks one minute prior to the caucuses opening. I'll do it on Twitter. I'll do it by or before 7.59 tonight Eastern. And I'm putting Rubio third right now. Trump and Cruz, Cruz and Trump. What do you say? Well, I put Cruz first and Trump second. It is a bit counter, if not intuitive, it is counter research for a guy who believes a lot in data and who made his living off it. You'd think I would be listening to the, you know, to the pollsters principally. It's not that I'm ignoring them. But here's why I'm picking Cruz over Trump. It's not because I'm for him. It's because Trump finished strong in the polls. Trump finished a few points at least, three, four, five points ahead of Cruz in the closing polls. In the Des Moines Register Sunday night poll, which is the only one that's had any accuracy, the woman who runs that thing has picked eight of the last nine Iowa winners. How about that? She reminds me of me. In any case, it's on based on her polling that they, you know, that they do the editorial deal at the Des Moines Register. 
Trump closed strong. But what made me issue my picks today, and I think it's different. I think I flipped for a couple hours last night, had Trump first. But here's the thing that that made me certain of what I was thinking. Not certain, but gave me confidence in what I was thinking. The woman who conducted the poll was asked about two hours ago. So, do you expect the results tonight to mirror your picks? I mean, you're the one. You the woman. And you know what her response was? Well, you know, these things are hard to predict. And the first time caucus goers. And I said, aha. She's thinking what I'm thinking. And that is Trump finished ahead by a pretty good number of points in the, the final polls and the final poll that always matters most, hers. The one they used in the Des Moines Register on, on Sunday. But. His performance still derives from a question mark. And that question mark, or that question is, will his poll numbers translate into caucus goers? Which you've heard, we've been talking about this for weeks. And it's not like I'm the only one saying it. I'm not claiming that. I may have said it first, but I, but we've talked a lot about this, and so have other people. It. Donald Trump is ahead in the polls at this instant in time in Iowa. But his win depends on more people than usual turning out. And those those would be his people. He would need a healthy turnout, probably bigger than average, and that, that would reflect his influence in this race. The extra caucusers that show up are probably for Trump. Like above average that shows up, they are probably strongly for Trump. Just like if there's an above average turnout for Democrats, those voters are probably for Sanders. So Donald Trump is relying on a a, a big turnout and that People who support him in telephone polls will go out and stand in the, you know, in the church basement for three hours and listen to uh, Waldo, the pharmacist, argue for Chris Christie or something. But, you know, will those people turn out and actually caucus for Trump? I think not. Not enough to win. But a Trump failure is not enough to do it for Cruz. There has to be a Cruz positive to match the Trump failure. What is that? It comes in a moment. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. What are your picks? 
mine with subject to revision before 8 o'clock tonight Eastern are Cruz, Trump, Rubio, Carson. I'm explaining why each, why the juxtaposition, why the position. I've just explained that Donald Trump is relying on some fairly ephemeral Quicksilver stuff. He is the one ahead in the polls at the end, the most important poll especially. Yeah, he's ahead. But that's a telephone poll. They're the best. But I'm saying it's a poll. And I happen to know that that sample size assumes, because we talked about this the other day, you got to start somewhere. So all polls, no matter who's doing them and how good they are, the, the pollster, the poll, you have to start with some assumptions. Assumptions. And one of them is sample size. That's where you start. That's the first thing you write down on the yellow legal pad or type into your computer. You have to assume a sample size. You You have to assume a turnout level. Otherwise, you cannot do another single thing. I believe the Des Moines Register poll, which everyone is feeding off of here, in which Trump is ahead, finished ahead, assumes too large a sample size, too large a turnout. Trump is assuming there's going to be a big turnout and that, you know, most of them, most, most, most of them will be for him. He's also counting on first-time caucus goers who traditionally say one thing. Let me put it this way. Um, Think about a guy on a first date. And let's say it goes really well as far as the guy is concerned, if you know what I mean. Now think about that same guy on the fifth date. Okay, Trump supporters over the phone could say, yeah, he's really giving it to him. I love him. Are they going to go out and stand for three hours in the church basement? I, I don't think as much as he does. Now, as I said a moment ago, there has to be something else positive for Cruz, not just Trump's weaknesses. Right at the top here, I'll tell you what that is. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network presents another peaceful transition of power. Day one in the United States of America, owing to the grace of the gods and the Constitution of the United States of America. Excelsior. Welcome back, my partners. It's a happy day. It's a good day to be an American. Congratulations. Our office number, yours and mine, here on Caucus Day is one 888 900 
one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. We're expecting to hear from Doc Thompson live from Iowa. Meanwhile, let me very quickly say, I've told you why in making my penultimate picks of Cruz, Trump, Rubio, and Carson. I've explained the positions and juxtapositions. I'm just finishing up now with the, the uh, number one, Cruz. It can't be enough for Cruz to win if Trump's people underperform. I, but they must. They must underperform. They must not show up in the numbers reflected in his polls. Period. But there's something else that's necessary for Cruz to finish. Unless unless Trump caucusers woefully, like woefully underperform, and I don't think they'll woefully underperform. Um, what I'm expecting is they'll underperform in terms of what he needs. Not woefully, but not good enough to push him over the top. But that's going to require, if I'm right, a combination of something else. Ted Cruz, though trailing in the polls... And the final Des Moines Register poll, Ted Cruz has a ground game in Iowa such as I have been told no one's ever seen. There's something called the 15% rule. Ground game means getting your voters, identifying them and getting them to the polls. Ted Cruz has a ground game in virtually every precinct in Iowa. Not every county, every precinct. And that matters greatly. I'll tell you what else matters greatly. People, the media is reporting today, they have been asking for the last several days to shoot, to send a crew to one, just one, of the Trump ground game headquarters. And the Trump people have refused. The first, first camera thing they've ever refused. They said, no, well, no, we're too busy. You can't come shoot our ground game. You put together that Ted Cruz has on paper and via uh, some internal reports, one of which I'm acquainted with, that, that Cruz has a great ground game. The suspicion that Trump's only ground game may be Trump that there may not be an infrastructure there behind the curtain to get people to the polls and 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 all of that if that's true if cruz can turn out his voters effectively and donald trump cannot then my picks will turn out to be right and cruz despite the final poll numbers will finish first There's another thing involved there, but I'm going to save it. It's called the 15% rule. I'm going to put that aside. It's a factor, but I'm putting it aside because none other than the urgent surgeon, the good Dr. Thompson, (laughs) is on the phone as we speak. My good doctor. Welcome live from Iowa. Yep, we are uh, on our way to Des Moines. We are in the uh, great state of Iowa right now. Uh, Skip and I are going to be heading to uh, one of the caucuses tonight, and then we will be on the air for a special Blaze Radio coverage of the Iowa caucuses at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be on for a couple of hours, and we'll have uh, info and uh, fallout and, of course, mockery. 
we'll have that tonight. <laughs> well, um, are you and, and or Skip making uh, picks? No, we're not. Um, we're, I mean, I, like the caucus itself and all of the polls before it, uh, I just keep going back and forth. Anything is possible. At this point, here's the one thing I, I, I've come up with, though, Jay, during this election. If you want a prediction, think of the craziest, the bat crap craziest thing you can imagine, because that seems to be what's playing. We've got Hillary Clinton, a woman who should be in prison, almost tied with an admitted socialist for the Democrat nominee, for the nomination. And on the Republican side, we've got a billionaire progressive that somehow has fooled people into believing he's conservative. That, that's what you have. It's crazy town. Man, I, I can't disagree with that analysis. Let me jump back to Hillary for a moment. You guys have just mirrored my, uh, my notes here. And I was mostly concerned with the, you know, Republican side, but I did pen in my notes here. Hillary Rodham Clinton today, you know, goes a long way to finding out whether she's going to be a major party nominee for president of the United States on the same day that we have the fourth confirmation from an inside uh, intelligence agency source that the information that she doubtless allowed to be hacked by the Chinese and others will, will cost American lives, as an agent said the other day. Uh, when the third confirmation came in, there was an agent that, whose uh, identity was hidden who said, people are going to die because of this, because it, the information, as you know, contained specific detailed information about the covers of our secret operatives overseas. Americans, heroes, are going to die, <laughs> people within the agency say, because of this. And as you point out, and I share the implicit outrage, and here she is waiting to see whether she's going to be the head of the CIA. Jay, there is the a good possibility. Yeah, yeah, there is a good possibility that for past things that she's done, prior to becoming Secretary of State, she could have gone and maybe should have gone to prison. I mean, from, from dealing yeah. many years ago. I mean, if this is, I'll bet there's a dozen reasons, if the truth be known, maybe a hundred, that this woman should be locked up. She's the poster girl for recidivism. I mean, there's no question. And she just won't learn. And you're 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 right about you're right about Trump. Like him or not like him, the thing is that because sadly we have a general citizenry, not on this network, but we have a general citizenry that has to work, you know, two or three jobs. So I'm not mocking and I'm not, you know, but that's what they pay us for, you know, is to keep them abreast of these things. But it is such a sad thing when populism masquerades as conservatism. And you know what? It's not the first time. It always, in modern, that is to say contemporary, in the last hundred years, it always succeeds, whether it's Huey Long or somebody else you know when someone wants to talk tough and they're actually populists which means in the end actually progressives actually socialists right. you take it mm -hmm. to the nth degree but they're perceived because of style not content but style 
they're perceived as being tough guys and therefore conservatives. And they're not. Well, then I, have, I pose a question to you. If, if it's about style, and I agree with you it is, and he's a populist, which I agree he, he is, and people are supporting him, and there is little difference between many of the things he has supported in the past, meaning Donald Trump, and President Obama, then why didn't these people support President Obama? Why were they so outraged about President Obama when they are supporting somebody now who is very similar in many ways? What is the yeah. only thing? Well, well on the only thing I can come up with, maybe there's a lot of people that were right, that there is a lot of racism, that people just hated Obama because he's black. I defended people on the right saying, I know what I think. I know Jay Severin and Glenn Beck and Skip and uh, people at tea parties. I've been to these people. I know they're not racist. But when you line up and you support somebody who in action in the past is very similar to President Obama, has said he's going to do some of the things that Obama has done, what's the difference? Uh, it's a great question, and I know it ain't a rhetorical one. Right. It's a great question. And, and, and look, here's my only answer as devil's advocate. Uh, B, do we have to – what's our timing here? B, do, do I – all right. Okay. Doc, how are you okay for the moment? Yeah, I'm cool. Okay. And Skip is there too. I didn't mean to, I didn't know that Skip was there with you. I, the trouble is someone drove by a moment ago and reported to us that they saw you, but they didn't see Skip. So I just wondered where. <laughs> no, we're, so here, I, but we're on the phone right now. So it's hard for both. Oh, of us okay. Uh, okay. I just thought maybe he wasn't sitting up in his seat, you know, but that's, <laughs> that's a private matter we can discuss later. But, uh, uh, you know, devil's advocate, I believe in redemption. I have to for reasons of self-defense. Mm-hmm. I believe in redemption and therefore, and I heard someone say this somewhere earlier today or in the middle of the night or something. Why do we conservatives expend so much honest time and energy endeavoring to persuade our fellow citizens who are unenlightened you know, who are liberals, progressives. Why do we spend so much time trying to convince them that we're right? And then when they join us, when they say, you know what? You're right. That we mock them and 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 hit them in the face because they said, you know, you're right. I think there's something, again, devil's advocate, I think there's something mm-hmm. to that argument. I am prepared to believe that everything Donald Trump did before six months ago I'm prepared to believe that we have converted him. I believe in redemption. Okay. But he supported national universal health care last night. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, what, what, is, what do you want? Do you want redemptive credit retroactive to the third tax quarter of, you know, 1982? I mean, what, you know. That was last night. That was last night. I'm sure today he's seen the light. You know, so, I mean, I've been willing to go that extra yard and say, okay, all that's, and I really do buy this to an extent because I kind of grew up with Trump, you know. I mean, I grew up in New York. Trump was an an ever-present figure. He was who he was. He was in the newspaper every day. He was on TV every day. You saw him wherever you went. I've actually been at some parties with him. He's He's an amusing guy to, you know, to drink with, all of that. But uh, it, it, when he says you have to give money to everybody to survive in New York, um, that's true. 
you know. I agree with that. I understand that. I defended him on that one. I said, listen, I understand that. That's the, unfortunately the price of doing business. Right. But he called for universal single-payer health care last night. So, I mean. Is he, this I, is what I want to know. Is he going to pay for it? Because if he's going to pay for it personally, then, then maybe he has something there. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, I was going to run my picks by you, but implicitly that would require that you, uh, I see you and Skip are maintaining uh, a, uh, a journalistic integrity on this one and don't, and don't wish one way or the other. Uh, let me, I'll stop short of doing that by saying merely this in short. I think that I've d- decided I would make picks. And in the end, without telling you those picks, I'm just going to say, uh, I think the factor will be, in the end, a combination, or I'm sorry, the difference will be a combination of two factors. It will be that Trump's prospective caucus goers underperform and that Cruz's ground game, which is evident, well, apparently exceedingly strong, especially in the rural states, uh, sorry, uh, counties, that in the end, Trump voters will, or caucus goers will under turn out, underperform, and not greatly, not woefully, but enough that in combination with uh, Cruz's ground game, uh, I think they will turn out their voters. And in the end, I, I, I think that will be a, the difference maker. I don't want to depress you too much here, Jay, but I want you to imagine for a moment, in your spare time, play out the scenarios in the end. Because, let me remember, tonight is not everything. You know, whatever happens tonight, all of these people will advance to New Hampshire. You know, no one's going to drop out, save maybe, um, you know, Rick Santorum or somebody. But the people at the top are not going to. But imagine for a moment in the coming days, what would happen with a President Trump and a Congress that likely would still be controlled by the Republicans? Will he be able to get anything done? How about a President Cruz? Will he be able to get anything done? Will Marco Rubio, a President Rubio? See, here's my fear that if Ted Cruz got elected president, which he's my candidate, you know, more so than any of the others. And mine. Um, would he be able to get anything done with people who despise him so much? I mean, gridlock Here, is good. My answer, Maybe that's a good thing. B tells me that we must break. So let me, okay. it, with uncharacteristic brevity, break in telling you your question reveals the only political space and light between us since the happy day I met you. And that is my answer <laughs> okay. to your question. My answer to your question is, I hope not. <laughs> we'll talk later. Thank you. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. And these are my partners. Uh, owing to the quick break, uh, late break, with uh, Doc at Skip's visit, let's get right to those partners. Chris from Albany, welcome. Jay, you're doing awesome, man. Great job. Well, we'll see, but thank you. 
No, you're doing great. I listen all the time, usually on the uh, podcast, and I don't have a chance to call in or I'd be a much more frequent caller. But I'm a faithful listener every day, listen to you, and uh, you're doing great, man. Great job. I appreciate listen, that. Thank I you. Wanted to, yeah, I wanted to uh, quickly touch on three things, if I could. Uh, number one, I agree with Doc and Skip and yourself. I mean, Clinton ought to be, she ought to be tried, imprisoned, and if it were, you know, 50 years before, uh, she she ought to be she ought to be executed for her crimes. I mean, she has cost. We, we have the lives. same laws. We have the same laws. If she's uh, guilty of treason uh, and sedition, she ought to be indicted, prosecuted, found guilty, and hanged. It's it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable what she's guilty of, and it's it's a sad it's a sad day in America when we when she isn't already behind bars. I mean, it's it's a well, sad we don't day you know we don't know because we want to be careful of extending her every courtesy of American citizenship. So we don't know that she's guilty. That's why I say I, I would like to see the process take its course. But the laws have not changed. We put to death the Rosenbergs in the 1950s, I believe, uh, for uh, selling, trading, giving uh, to the Soviet Union the secrets of the atomic bomb. And uh, the laws have I, not been expunged so long as I know. And, you know, I so, agree with you. I'd like to see the laws. I'd like to see the process go through. And but I'd, I'd like to see that process start sooner rather than later. I mean, it really. Chris, here's what we have to do. Uh, what I have to do. I must ask you if you are able and willing to hold because of, again, of that uh, very welcome but impromptu. Uh, visit from Doc and Skip. I stretch the clock a lot, and so I, I must uh, take a break in a little bit. And I'm wondering whether you can uh, hold and kick off the next uh, segment for us. The pleasure is mine. All right, Chris, that's great. Chris from Albany, a great caller already, and willing to bet it all on coming back for another segment in which he may throw it all away. We, we never know. This is why it's live radio. one 3393 on the Blaze Radio Network. And aren't we happy, proud, and excited, no matter our party, today? Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. And my partners, including Chris from Albany, kind enough to hold the line and to continue. Chris, are you ready to throw away all you've won by continuing, or would you like to keep the gifts you've won already and go home? I'd like the best of both worlds, but we can't have it that way, can we? Welcome back. Hey, listen. I really missed the third hour, man. I know you're not at, uh, probably at liberty to comment on that, but I really missed the third hour, and I know I You so are again you. correct, sir. I am not at liberty to comment <laughs> on I know. That. <laughs> Listen, I have never been more excited for an election in my entire lifetime, and I'm, I'm a Ted Cruz guy. I'm with you and with, uh, and with a lot of the, the Blaze crew. I'm a Ted Cruz guy. I have never been more excited. Let me just tell you, I'm in my mid-30s. 
I've never been involved in, uh, in, in politics in any substantive way before uh, Glenn Beck's 828. And uh, I was down there for that. That was incredible. And uh, you and him have single-handedly turned me into uh, a real enthusiast. And um, so I, I thank you well, for that. But thank I, you. I'm sure I, I speak money. for the boss when I, when I say thank you and that that is Im, Im, important to us, uh, especially when, you know, we don't have, how do I say this? We do, but we don't have an agenda. I mean, w- what Glenn does, is, is, so far as I can tell, is candidly speak his values. And I don't think you have any doubt in your mind that if Ted Cruz had violated Glenn's values, that Glenn would not be endorsing or supporting Ted Cruz. It's not about Ted, you know. Uh, And for me, I grew up learning and saying, I am loyal to no man. I'm not loyal to men. I am loyal to the Constitution. You know, if if you are loyal to the Constitution, and so long as you are, I am loyal to you. And and in choosing among supposedly several or many who claim such fealty to the Constitution, the question reverts to the brilliant, timeless calculus of William F. Buckley the godfather of contemporary American conservatism. Which question is, as you know, or not which which maxim is, as you know, I shall always vote for the most conservative candidate who can be elected. Don't and don't cut yourself it. short there, Jay. I was uh I was a Jay Severin listener back uh, before you were part of the play, so uh you don't cut yourself short in that. I appreciate my no, no, civics I, education. I, I, no, For no, sure. thank you, thank you. I, I, I mean, that's it. I mean to say it's an expression of uh, if there's if there's any um, anything different about maybe what we do here. It's that I get the sense that a lot of other people in media uh, either pretend not to have a favorite, which I think is a very insidious thing to do because everyone does, and it's okay if you say I do, but I'm not going to share it. That's fine, but to state that you don't, you know. I, I think is, is you know, that, 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 that's distasteful. Um, but when you pick one, it's not like, I mean, what we do here is we have values that do not change. And then we see, we take like a puzzle part, Chris, you know, we say, okay, does this, does this fit here? You know, and, and if, if not, what we don't do is take a ball peen hammer and break apart the, the puzzle. You know, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. And, you know, that's it. It's it's a consistent core standard of values, and you have people who fit into that or they don't. It doesn't make anybody better, worse, anything else. It's just a way of uh, doing business, so to speak. Right. Now, you said you had three and, things. Um, I don't want to deprive you of your time uh, with characteristic well, uh, bloviation. Every, so you the go problem- the problem with me speaking is every minute I'm speaking, you're not. And so I'll try well, to make it quick. You're very <laughs> kind. I, when, I need, when I need a new agent, true. you'll get the call. Thank you. No, so what's true. up? What are you thinking? <laughs> so listen, I've, I've actually sent Ted Cruz money. I've never donated a dime to anything political ever in my life. Uh, wow. You know, not, not a chance to the Republican Party. And I've sent Ted Cruz not a small amount of money. I've sent him a couple hundred dollars, which for me is a, Good for is, you. Is a lot. Good for you. Look. 
you and, you know, and, you're and a young you, guy. That's a, a lot of money. Yeah, and I'm excited. I'm more excited than I've ever been about any candidate with the opportunity to, to vote potentially for, even though by the time we get to New York, it hardly matters. Uh, the opportunity to vote for, for a guy like Ted Cruz excites me and thrills me. And I can't. Well, again, you're in the wrong. You know, you're in the wrong state to have immediate gratification. And by immediate, I, I mean I grew up in New Geographic. I grew up in. But, I grew up in New Hampshire, so that's where it comes from. I guess. No, well, that's at least you've had. So at least you've <laughs> at least you've seen something of the promised land. Then, um, <clears throat> look, everybody goes on from tonight, as Doc said. However, I don't want to minimize the importance, be, be, and I feel especially obligated to say this, since I am and have been for a long time a, a cruise guy. I don't want to minimize the damage if Trump wins tonight because, you know, the law of personal and political physics, you know, the laws don't change. And all the reasons I said earlier, I can't change what I said an hour ago. And I said that I believe that Trump probably has no ground game. I think it's like the Wizard of Oz. I think if Toto pulls back the curtain on the Trump ground game, you see Trump at the microphone saying, ignore that man behind the curtain. I am Oz. Huge. You know, I mean, huge, huge. And the thing is, huge. maybe it's true, maybe it's not. And you know what? Maybe if Trump has no ground game, he could still win. Because for the same reason, and I want to say this again, I maybe I'll be remembered at this, despite my family's objections at my funeral. One of the few really, truly, well, that's not true. I've said a lot of original things politically. And one of them is, I don't want to be overly, you know, modest, falsely modest here. And one of them is, Donald Trump is to politics what twerking is to contemporary culture. <laughs> when I sat down and saw Miley Cyrus simulating sex, on stage with this guy and I like look you know jaw a slack at my you know at the time 13 year old daughter she just looked at me like she was pitying me and said it's twerking daddy and 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 I had to nod you know and just say okay twerking well I look at Donald Trump you know and um, I have to nod my head and say political twerking I mean, this is one is what primetime behavior and and behave uh, and and, and, and uh, performances, uh, uh, talent. What's the word I'm looking for? Primetime entertainment. You know, twerking is what primetime entertainment has become suitable for the family. And Donald Trump calling himself a conservative and last night calling for universal health care, calling for Obamacare. Is what politics has become. And you can't go to someone who's for Trump and say, are you for him because he's conservative? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's a conservative. Do you know that last night? I don't mean 10 years ago he gave the Clintons. I don't care about that. Last night he endorsed Obamacare. Do you care about that? Last night? Yeah. No, no, no. I know he's a real conservative. Twerking. Twerking. Jay, last, last question real quick for you. Yep. And I don't mean to change the subject. Perhaps it's more no. suitable for a Friday, but I'll probably not get the opportunity to call you on a Friday for some time. No, it's okay. Anything. You. Have you read Survivor, Vince Flynn and Kyle Mills? You told I, me I, on your maiden voyage of this show on The Blaze that I ought to start with Memorial Day, and I've read every one of Vince Flynn's books ever since, 
and uh, and you. I was Do you love them? Uh, I mean, I guess you know. I guess no, 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 Jay. One he of hates them. them. I love them. That's why I read them all. What isn't Memorial Amazing. Day the best book of its kind ever written? For sure, without a doubt. Glad I started there. Glad I asked. And uh, but I'll but, tell you but, what, Survivor did not let is, me down. I, is that right? I'm so happy to hear that. It didn't. I, having spoken to you, I, I really trust your judgment, and and I haven't yet read it. I own it. Uh, it was given to me actually by my family, uh, coincidentally, both digitally and in physical form. And I was kind of happy about that because I actually prefer to hold a book. I'm kind of a fossil. I actually like reading what they call books. You know, the yeah. things printed on a page bound that I can it hold in my hands. It won't let you down. It's You can't tell where he left off and where Kyle Mills picked up. And I've corresponded with Kyle Mills in regards to that book and complimented on him, complimented him on it and asked him. He already has another one on the way. And I implored him to keep it in the same style and tone that that Vince Flynn would have done it. And he, he said he intends to. And uh, I, I was well, not. Chris, you have given me two unexpected gifts today. Your call. Uh, your your thinking, uh, the quality of your thinking and articulation, and also a big treat to look forward to because I maybe one of the reasons I haven't started that book is my trepidation about if I didn't like it, you know, I would put it down and say, well, you know, you knew that Vince died and this here's your confirmation. Vince is dead, you know, as you know, as opposed to if this guy actually does pull it off, as you say, then Vince lives. And what better tribute could there be uh, to a guy I knew uh, a little bit and 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 is was a great guy. And it's great news to hear. I hope when you can, Chris, uh, you will call back soon. Your contribution is duly noted and greatly appreciated. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And I am Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 Tonight is caucus night in Iowa. Everybody goes on, but not the same way. You will never think of the polls the same way after this evening. Ever again. You will never again think of polls... Not only ever again in for the rest of this campaign, but never again in your life. Because for many of us, this is the first excursion on this Wonderland trip. From the beginning of the beginnings of everybody, through the dropouts, through the debates, through now the caucus. And the only thing that there has been so far polls now the polls may prove right but i wish to issue a correction uh, relevant to this point and an apology i have been saying for three or four weeks now remember nota bene 
Iowa has not picked a winner in 20 years. I have been lying to you. No, no, I haven't. That's not true. I've not been lying. I've never lied to you. I've not lied to you. What I mean is I have been communicating to you, presenting to you false information without knowing. I've been saying that Iowa has not picked a winner in 20 years, and that is not true. Iowa voters have not picked a winner in 40 years. 40. 40 years. Four zero years. Bush in 1976 was the last one. 1976. I know what you're thinking. A lot of the ticker tape going through a lot of the brains listening to this show are saying, 1976, I was one. I wasn't born yet. 40 years. So the polls never were God. The polls aren't God. And those of us like me who have worked with them, who have either, you know, bought a car or driven a 10-year-old one another year or paid my rent or not or hired a new person or not who ran a business in politics for 25 years, relied on polls like water. If I were a rancher, what's the first you if you're a farmer or a rancher, what's the first element in the periodic table of elements that you touch every day? If you're a human being, you you, you touch water. Water. Poles are to politics as water is to human beings, cattle and food. Poles are water. But even so they are not as reliable as water. At least water follows the rules of gravity. At least your water seeks its own level. And on that, you can rely. On the polls, we have relied for the last year and a half because there's been nothing else. Now there is about to be something else. Now there are about to be the votes of Americans expressed there will be more polls and we will talk about those polls and we will they're important and they're not meaningless i'm not saying they're meaningless i'm just saying as part of the natural human condition we have come to think of them as the be-all and end-all of the political process and you know what I'm happy to remind us that the be-all and end-all of the political process is us, is Americans. In a couple hours, we start deciding who is who and what is what, not the polls. See you on our national special tonight at 9 Eastern. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.